0: Give it up for T.J. Watt. Give it up for Chris Boswell. Give it up for, I guess, the general gumption of the entire roster. But really, really, give it up for Najee Harris. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovačević of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way. Brighton early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates all year round. Right where you found this. Steelers 23, Seahawks 20 in overtime. Thanks to a TJ forced fumble and a Boswell field goal in the extra period. Devin Bush recovered the fumble, but... He was so lousy the rest of the game, I'm not even going to give him credit. Plus, what was he doing running backward there? Anybody figure that out? The guy who made this happen from the offensive standpoint, and no, I'm not necessarily equating this to TJ's heroics at the end, but the guy who made this happen from the offensive standpoint was Najee. And the reason that that mattered was the defense was just getting gashed. And I'm borrowing TJ's own term for what the Seahawks were doing to the Steelers with the running game, with their starting running back not even there, with their starting quarterback, who's a running quarterback, Russell Wilson, obviously, not even there. And all of this. Seemed to set the stage for someone on the offense to step up. Someone needed to be that guy on offense. And I remember thinking that, even saying that at the time, through the fourth quarter and into the overtime. Someone needed to be that guy on the offense. The easy thing to say is that no one was that. But this is not true. This is not true. Because on the Steelers' last pass play of the fourth quarter, the one that set up Boswell's 52-yard field goal to briefly put the Steelers ahead 20-17, to It was Najee who caught a pass from Ben Roethlisberger in the short flat. He was, yet again, the check down. Painfully familiar script that we're seeing. Everything is check down, check down, check down. But that'll be another complaint for another day. We've got a bye week coming up. And Najee catches this ball, and he turns around. Two Seahawks there. No blockers. Like This is just the most Matt Canada play, and I don't mean that in a positive sense, to summarize the first six weeks of the Steelers' season that's even possible. And Najee has to find a way to get around one of them and then kind of drag him along until he gets just enough yards. Just enough yards. This was third down. To get, he didn't get to the sticks, but he got to Boswell's realistic range. And Boswell, of course, does what he does, even from 52 yards. That, to me, is the play of the game within the context that you needed someone on offense to do something, and it wasn't happening on either side of the ball And just this one time you needed the offense to be the thing that made the difference. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do those studies, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. We knew about TJ. We knew about TJ. We knew about Cam Hayward. And both of those guys came up with the splash that you expect from them. In the end, the reason I'm focusing today on Najee after that is that, yeah, I mean, he had, you know, he had a pretty good overall game. It wasn't great. Nobody was glowing about uh, the running game afterward. It was was good enough. It wasn't spectacular. 24 carries for 81 yards isn't going to get anybody excessively excited. It's a 3.4 average. His long was 10. Six catches for 46 yards is a decent day. For a running back, that also brought a long of 12, including a touchdown. It's more about the cumulative effect that he's beginning to have on this offense, maybe as its only truly reliable component. And I say that with respect to Pat Fryermuth having a seven-catch day, Deontay Johnson stepping up with nine catches in the first game without Juju Smith-Schuster, and other decent things that you saw occasionally from the offense, including from Ben. This kid is the one thing that you can say when we give him the ball. There's a better chance of something good happening than something that's either Neutral or outright bad. And when they got to that spot on the field, the Steelers did. And you saw all those receivers running downfield like they always do as nothing other than decoys, as if every other defensive coordinator the Steelers face hasn't figured this out already. And everyone knows Najee's going to get the ball in some form or other, most likely via short pass, And the other team's defense is set for it, one hundred percent set for it. Waiting, just sitting there, licking their lips, and he still finds a way to get around them, or through them, or over them, and he gets the yardages needed to win the game. Man, that to me is—that's—that's something. That's something. That inspires confidence, not least of which I should stress here is in the quarterback himself with his run-pass options being at the line of scrimmage, calling number 22 again and again and again. Here's what Ben had to say on that subject. Well, yeah, I mean, anytime we can run the ball, it's, you know, once again, all those were RPOs. And when they're giving it to us, we've got to just kind of you know, coach does a war of attrition, right? You just, just keep going. And KB coming in there and running a couple times hard, and uh, you know, it's it was encouraging to see towards the end of that game when when you really need it, you can um, pick up five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten when you when you really need it. The KB he references, of course, is Kalen Balazs, who had two carries for 15 yards, which might be the first positive carries any running back not named Najee has had all season long. One of them was an 11-yarder. It was actually a nice run too. By KB. But this impact that Najee is having on this still maddeningly inconsistent, seemingly identity free offense is having more of an impact, I think, than any other player is having on any other facet. Of this football team. And it is there to be appreciated, not lost in the splash that was generated by a couple of guys there at the end. Guys that we're used to seeing the splash from, okay? Uh, Guys who are being paid handsomely to have produced that splash over a long period of time. Those are knowns, those are constants. Najee still feels like a variable because anything that looks good in this offense feels like a variable. I don't mean to, you know, sound whatever dour about this. I I, I wasn't ecstatic about any component to this performance overall. This one really, I feel like, knocked me back a peg. I was prepared for these Steelers to, you know, there's no such thing as an easy game in the NFL, but I was prepared for them to have a chance to kind of spread their wings a little bit, you know, do something, show something in front of this prime time, big crowd, Hall of Fame guys there and everything else there. And not only did it not happen, but a new shortcoming was flagrantly, hideously, exposed and that's 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 a tough way to go into a bye week you know you can't just get gashed like that you can't you can't walk off that field feeling good about yourself when you've just been cut up by a bunch of backup running backs who are steamrolling through you that's that's not A thing in football there's no such creation at any level of football where the team says yeah we gave up a zillion yards on the ground but man did we play well that was awesome nobody does that nobody does that so it's nice that the splash came around and everything else here there are a lot of problems with this team so I'm gonna focus again on Najee he is not a problem to say the least when we come back just one question Question, And that's brought to you always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbin, Kelly, and George. LGKG, they represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. They pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. Learn more about them at LGKG.com or by calling... 888 842 5454. And today's J1Q comes from my man, Jerry Mangled, who asks Tell me your take on Claypool 21. Uh, I thought if the Steelers had an LVP in this game, that it was Chase Claypool. Huge disappointment. Uh, especially in a week where he knows, everybody knows, the offense is going to be without Juju. And not that Juju is all super valuable or whatever. he's still, at least theoretically, was, I should say, while he was healthy, the number three receiver on this team. But this is your chance to really, you know, rise up, even if it's just for selfish purposes. Even if it's like, hey, you know, it's it's my time. Now I'm going to get the ball. You know, I'm tired of being in the back seat behind this guy or that guy. The way you react to that is the way Deontay did. And I didn't even know that Deontay played the greatest game. I thought he had a couple of catches he could have made, uh, one of them potentially for a touchdown. But at least Deontay ended up with nine catches for 71 yards, including a a, a 23-yarder. At least he did something. He, he rose up. Fryermuth, although he's a tight end, he ended up taking some of Juju's catches. Seven of them in all for 58 yards, including some big ones for a first down. And then there's Claypool. Two catches for 17 yards. He was targeted seven times. You saw them. You saw the offensive pass interference. You saw that even after he caught the ball on the offensive pass interference, he didn't keep a foot in bounds. Which meant even if he'd gotten away with the OPI, which he does an awful lot of, incidentally, and eventually stripes get wise to you on that sort of thing, it wouldn't have counted. It wouldn't have counted. Two other times, and this is the one that bugs me the most, Jerry. This meaning this component to his play, two other times you saw Ben throw the ball in one direction and Claypool going in a completely different direction. uh, Are you really going to pin that on the quarterback who's been around for 18 years? I mean, maybe. You never know these things. You can't make The players and the coaches wear orange jumpsuits and torture them until they give you answers on stuff like this. They tell you what they want to tell you. They're not required to give this sort of stuff up. And they're always going to take the blame, even if they do answer the question. Oh, nope, that's on me. We've just got to be better. Put that one on me. And then you got to sit there and try to decipher the code. But when you see Ben being mostly on the same page, not entirely, But mostly on the same page, as far as routes go, as far as intent, where the pass should go, where the receiver should have turned, with everyone other than one guy, I'm inclined to believe that the one guy was the issue, and that's Claypool. That's Claypool. Is he not working hard enough in classroom settings? Is he not understanding the playbook? When I see Ben throw the ball uh, 20 yards away from Claypool and Claypool still run down the field, and Ben was sure that he was supposed to turn around and hook back, and I see Ben's body language is that of frustration and not like my bad type of frustration. I'm inclined to believe that the receiver isn't doing enough. Claypool has extraordinary size and athleticism for a receiver. He will not ascend to any kind of special level. Whichever Tron you want to assign to him as a nickname, whether it's uh, Mega, Maple, whatever, none of it's going to happen until he gets his head squarely in the game, squarely into football. And I'll go a step further than that. All the stuff that I talked about in the opening segment about Najee and whatever else, Juju's gone. And that is not insignificant. As I was saying all week long, Juju's a reliable, in particular, third down receiver. He does make most of his plays. And after he catches the football, he's the toughest SOB out there. This is a loss. But it's a massive loss when compared to having any of those targets being taken by this version of Claypool. I, again, I I don't want to... I, I feel like I have to like borderline apologize for getting all negative today. You've heard the opposite too. You've heard me after the Steelers have had a, a tough loss, and I'll, I'll focus on the stuff that's positive or promising. I'm a lot more about that kind of stuff. It's not just being like the opposite of whatever seems to be the the current. It's about looking for things that mean something toward a broader trend. Is the team getting better? Did it take a step backward? Is it stagnant? Is it somewhere in the middle? To me, this win, as welcome as it is in the standings, and the Steelers being at 3-3, and having a chance to get a little healthier through the bye week, and then having a chance to take advantage of a really pretty unimpressive Cleveland team, I have to say, up at their place in a couple of weeks, That's all well and good. Outcomes are outcomes. But this this was a step back. This was a step back in way too many ways. New holes were found in this football team. Now they've got to build those back up. They've got to build those back up. I appreciate the question, Jerry. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow.